Welcome to the Empire Files podcast. This is Mike Preisner. Some of you may know that I run another podcast called Eyes Left, a military podcast hosted by anti-war veterans like myself. After a long hiatus, we recently brought back Eyes Left as an Empire Files production. We started with a bang this past November, breaking the Ron DeSantis torture scandal on that show, which has since become a national story. Now that Eyes Left is an official part of Empire Files content, all your tax-deductible donations made to Empire Files on our Patreon or elsewhere fund the production of this show, which I believe plays an important role in politicizing active duty members of the U.S. military. But those episodes are only available under Eyes Left wherever you stream podcasts. All the episodes are free, nothing is paywalled, but we wanted to give you a preview here for all our listeners who aren't yet aware of that sister project. So here's a sample of a recent episode, part of a series called Wake Ups, which tells the stories of members of the U.S. military who became anti-imperialist. This one is very special to me because not only is the guest the first Army Green Beret to become an anti-war voice since the Vietnam War, but part of his political transformation was discovering the Eyes Left podcast years ago. So here's a clip with former Special Forces Staff Sergeant Evan Brown. Hi. A wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. (laughs) Iraq. Iraq. I'm a hawk. hawk. I would have picked up arms myself to prevent 9 11 again. I left. As president, I wanted to give myself the Congressional Medal of Honor, but they wouldn't let me do it. They wouldn't let me do it. I said, I'm going to give myself the kick. I've always wanted that. We just flew B-52, B-1 bombers in the South China Sea. We're not going to pay attention. So those are your kind of first, you know, you try to go to protests. Your wife is Mm -hmm. is, uh, very open on base about her politics. And you're obviously kind of, you're wrestling with this at this time, right? I mean, you're kind of starting to think, are you starting to think at this point, like, what did, is this the right career path for me? Or Yeah, I mean, I'm like, it's difficult because like I knew that I didn't like everything mm. Trump symbolized. Right. But there was still this, like, I mean, Afghanistan had been happening, you know, for, I mean, by the time I deployed there it was 2018. So it'd been mm. happening for 18 years. Right. You know? So it's like, I know that we're not over there because of him. And this isn't necessarily something that I was like right. thinking at the time, you know, but like at the time it was like, well, I don't like this dude, but like, I do want to deploy. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. you join special forces, right? Like I want to be doing, so I, like, I still wanted to have mm-hmm. like that experience, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It was like, I was finding myself like doing this thing while also like being like, mm-hmm. fuck the president. I don't like that dude whatsoever, you know? And so I was kind of like living, like beginning to live this double life that I started to kind of live, you know? Yeah. So I got to my unit in September of 2017, and we deployed in March of 2018 to go to Afghanistan. So there's also like at the same time I'm dealing with, you know, I've, mm-hmm. I've now joined a team, right, of all white dudes, except for, you know, we had two people on the team who... We're both of Asian descent, which is like kind of typical for the Asia unit. Yeah, right. Exactly. So um, one of the first things I remember that was kind of like, okay, man, like what did I, what am I in right now was, you know, the team, we all went out to like some bar in the Tacoma area, right? Like kind of like with the wives and everything doing one of those very stereotypical, like, you know, Uh cohesion events, right? And I remember, and Amanda does too, we were 
we were walking back towards our vehicles or whatever from the end of the night. And there was a swastika that had been drawn on a wall that we walked past. And I remember one of the guys making a joke to one of the other guys being like, oh, hey, da da da, was that you? <laughs> and it was kind of like, um, why would you say hmm, that? You know, you're making. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Why would you make why would you make that joke? And then like I realized pretty quickly because this guy was very much like a vocal proponent of like white nationalist stuff. Right. Like he was open about it within the team room, you know, and like him and like one of the other guys on the team, when they got together and started talking, it was like. Ooh, I need to be careful around these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? And so like, that was also the atmosphere that I was like existing in too. So like, you know, and so like, and that's like, like, those were the people I went to Afghanistan with. Wow. So like, I'm kind of over there. Maybe I'm jumping the story a little bit, but like, I'm kind of over there and like, while I'm over there, I'm like, all right, well, I'm doing this thing. And I realize like, we're not doing anything over here. Like we're not accomplishing anything, but also like if I'm mm-hmm. out with these dudes, I need to also be like, you know, what are, what are these guys doing right now? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It was, it was a weird, it was a weird kind of area to exist in. It was very uncomfortable, like a lot of the time because yeah, you know, like, and, and they kind of, they kind of knew my politics a bit. They knew that mm-hmm. I was like a Bernie guy mm-hmm. at the very least, you know, because by 2018, I was probably moving, you know, mm-hmm. even more and more left, like to the point today that I would describe mm-hmm. myself as like an anarchist, you know, if someone really wanted to know my politics. But like, you know, but I'm like, well, I don't want to like show all that to these people because like, you know, I know how they think right. about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And so like, but yeah, this one guy, he was always in your ear about like, we need to deploy troops to the southern borders with 240s, you know, like saying like crazy shit. That's the slogan of special forces to free the oppressed, right? It's like it's all yeah, about right. going <laughs> yeah, and yeah, putting yeah, yeah. your life on the line to help other people have a better life. And that's kind of the ideal that a lot of people go into the military with. And so you're, you're there with this ideal of you're putting it all online to help the people of Afghanistan, Yet the people who are with you probably don't give a shit about the people of Afghanistan. It's just like a big contradiction between what you thought it was all about versus what what you were seeing among your team members. Yeah, for sure. Because like, I mean, when you get over there and like the commander in charge of like the SODIF or whatever, the Special Operations Task Force is telling you like the goal is to stack bodies. Wow. And it's like... You know, and it's like really like, so that's why we're here, right? Like that was like, to me, that was like, that's what it was. Like once I got there and like, that's what it always was like, yeah, we're here to stack bodies, you know? And it's just like, Jesus Christ, you know, it's like, that's not like that strategy didn't work, you know, Mm -hmm. in the sixties guys. Like, why do you think that, you know, it's just like, and then there was like, man, we're like still going off Vietnam strategy here. Right. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just like. Yeah. And then like while I'm there too, like I, you know, while I'm out on submissions, like I see, I see things happening. Right. And it's like, this is my first ever deployment. Right. Like I just got to special forces and we deploy and like, you know, there's things happening and I'm like, well, 
I've never done this. Like, I'm just trying not to die out here right now, you know, because like this is my first time on the ground. And like this guy who I know has who's like kind of leading the operation, who I know has like been in SF for like over 10 years and, and has deployed multiple times. And like he's saying we're doing this, you know, it's like, OK, well, like. I mean, you've been here, man. You know what's up. Like, I'm just trying not to die today, you know? So, like, it was kind of very much about, like, it was, there was, there was definitely times where it was like, this doesn't seem like it's something we should be doing, but like, mm-hmm. I guess that's what happens over here. Like, I remember the first gunfight I got in, and like, everyone's just like shooting in this direction, like into a town, right? And I'm just like sitting there and I look, you know, and I'm not doing anything because I'm behind this rock looking out and like, I don't see anyone. So I'm just like, you know, sitting there basically like watching. And like, I remember one of the guys next to me was like, why aren't you shooting? I was like, there's nothing to shoot at, man. He was like, you just shoot back, just shoot in the same direction as everyone else. And it was like, okay. So I looked at, like, I saw a red door through my optic and I shot like three rounds into it and like, congratulations, you've got a... CIB now, you know, you've been in combat, you know, and it's just like, I don't even, I, what are we even shooting at? You know, like our partner force was getting like Mm -hmm. sniped at a little bit, you know, but like, I don't know. To me, it was just kind of like, we don't know who's in any of these buildings right now. We're just like blasting at them. So it was just kind of like, I don't get what we're doing. Like that was just a constant thing that got reinforced the entire time I was there was like, what am I doing here? Like, what is the point of any of this? 